Welcome, and thank you for joining us for our Table of the King Remembrance. This is the feast day that has been celebrated in the Legacy Providence Ministries on September 23rd, the anniversary of the death of Emily Gamlin, foundress of the Sisters of Providence. This remembrance has had several names over the years, Mission Day, Mission Week, or Emily Gamlin Day. This year we entitled it Table of the King, which has a significance in Emily's story. Since this remembrance is a new feast day for the Legacy St. Joseph Health Ministries, I thought we would share a brief summary of Emily's story and specifically the significance of the Table of the King. But let us begin with a prayer, as we always do when we gather. As we come together today, we acknowledge the foundation of the Providence Healthcare Ministry in the life of Emily Gamlin. Through her life of service, we are inspired to emulate the values that she demonstrated throughout her life. Provident God, who Emily came to know early in her life, open our eyes to the light of your presence and following her example, may the poor always have a place in our lives. Provident God, you whom Emily learned to discover in daily events, the joys, the sufferings, grief, and loneliness, let us learn, following her example, how to meet you and understand your love towards us, whatever happens. Provident God, you whom Emily recognized in the orphan, in the young unemployed person, in the couple experiencing problems, in the loneliness of the sick, in the poor without shelter, in the elderly without friends, let us comfort and give our time to serve you through them, following her example. Provident God, you whom Emily discovered in the poor and marginalized, and whom she wanted to serve in being providence to them. Following her example, let us always be available to help others in their needs. Creator God, we celebrate this day with you. We honor the life of Emily Gamlin by our commitment to the poor and vulnerable. As we reflect on her life of compassion each day, we pray that we grow in holiness in the service of others. Amen. Emily's story. Emily Gamlin was born in Montreal, Canada on February 19, 1800, the youngest of 15 children. Orphaned young and raised by her aunt, Emily felt drawn from an early age to work with the poor and disadvantaged. When her brother was widowed, the 18-year-old Emily went to help him with one condition. Their table would always be open to the hungry who came to the door. This she called the table of the king. In 1823, Emily married Jean-Baptiste Gamlin, a wealthy and pious apple farmer. Together they had three sons, all of whom died as children in their first five years of marriage. Emily also lost her husband in 1827 during that time. Emily took Mary, mother of sorrows, as her guide for dealing with these losses, and during her time in prayer, she came to see all the poor and needy as her new family. She turned her home and inheritance into a shelter for the poor, for orphaned, abandoned, or runaway children, the mentally ill, homeless, handicapped, immigrants, and destitute of any form. She worked with prisoners and cared for the sick and brought in her family and friends to help, led by her example. In 1843, Emily Gamlin made a prayerful decision to join the religious community that had been established by Bishop Bourget of Montreal to continue the works begun by her. Emily became the first superior general of the religious community that later became known as the Sisters of Providence. The community faced many early trials. There were always problems of funds and resources and disease in their ranks, but the community survived. While caring for people in need, Emily Gamlin died in 1851 from cholera. At the time of her death, there were 50 sisters in the religious community. 
From these modest beginnings, the life of Emily Gamlin has served as a model for over 6,000 women who have joined the Sisters of Providence religious community, today working in Canada, the United States, Chile, Argentina, Haiti, Cameroon, Egypt, the Philippines, and El Salvador. Humility, simplicity, charity were Emily's last words to the sisters. These words guide all who continue the mission of Providence today. Mother Gamlin was beatified by Pope John Paul II in 2001, receiving the title of Blessed Emily Gamlin. Beatification is Catholicism's second of three main steps in the process of proclaiming a person a saint. As we pause together today to remember Emily Gamlin's legacy, it is helpful to remember the simplicity and gift of love she shared so willingly. It is the story of the Table of the King that demonstrates so beautifully her commitment to welcome, hospitality, inclusivity, love, and compassion as she welcomes the stranger to her table. I would like to share an excerpt that details Emily's Table of the King. Emily was invited to come and live with her widowed brother acting as a housekeeper and hostess by an understanding with her brother, she was allowed to care for the poor who came to the door to ask help. Each morning, she went to Mass and then to visit someone who was both sick and poor. In the afternoon, basket in arm, she went to visit again, but it was by no means entirely through the contents of her basket that she gained the affection of these people. It was her kindness and her sympathy that won their hearts and brought them comfort. As word of her generosity spread, more and more people came to receive her bounty. Finally, she turned a small room next to the kitchen, which she had called her private office, into a dining room for the poor. She placed in it a large table, no longer used by the family, and this she named the Table of the King. There she seated those who came to her, and there she waited on them. She herself cooked the meal for the guests as they ate and washed the dishes that they had used. The servants had complained about these favored friends of Mademoiselle Tavernier and said they were dirty and made too much work. So Emily took on all the work herself, sweeping and cleaning the room every day. Emily recognized Jesus in the face of the poor. She modeled her life after Jesus' ministry. When we share a meal, we recognize our human need for food and companionship. This basic foundation of our well-being includes the need to come together, to share our lives, and to share fellowship. What is the symbolism of sharing a meal? We know that sharing a meal is woven throughout scripture. Jesus often used meals to engage with people and teach important lessons. Jesus' example provides an opportunity to invite friends, outcasts, and even enemies to join in community and know God's love. This radical inclusivity and accompaniment is foundational to our mission and the tradition that informs it. Jesus knew that people had physical needs. His ministry reveals that those who truly know him serve others in very real ways, such as feeding the hungry and giving a drink to the thirsty. This can apply to serving food to the homeless or simply finding out if someone who is visiting you might be thirsty. Meeting the basic physical needs of people often ministers more than words and ultimately gives you a kind of integrity that can lead to a deeper relationship. Sharing a meal is a gift of community building. It connotes a feeling of fellowship with others, welcoming, companionship, and friendly relationship. Unity, a bridge between strangers that allows grace to enter and relationships to be healed. That was most certainly true with Emily's Table of the King. She welcomed those in need and served them with love and compassion. Today, as we share in celebrating the Table of the King with each other, we particularly hold up those who have been impacted by the fires 
by COVID-19, by homeschooling and caregiving for one another during these challenging times. In particular, we lift up our caregivers who have lost their homes and been evacuated from their homes. We share a blessing and would like to offer the opportunity for people to contribute through the Helping Hand Fund, care for their companionships during these challenging times. As a way to honor the life of Emily, we have tried to emulate her outreach to those in need on this feast day. I'd like to share with you a couple of examples of how HCC has outreached over recent years. Shared services involved in community outreach raised over $580 for Catholic charities of the Rio Grande. They also facilitated two local volunteer opportunities with Food Lifeline. They helped sort and repack food that were distributed to local food banks. At Providence Marion Wood, they hosted a soup lunch for the staff serving approximately 70 people and held their annual food drive to benefit the Issaquah Food and Clothing Bank. To celebrate the Table of the King, Providence Hospice of Seattle, Mission Integration Committee members, as well as other interested staff, gathered to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and assemble over 100 brown bag lunches and enjoyed the opportunity to carry on the mission of the Sisters of Providence by serving the local South Lake Union communities where they are located. These lunches were delivered the following day with a visit to Emmanuel Lutheran Church in the Cascade neighborhood which provided a day center for those in need, including a hygiene station, rest and respite, and a simple meal and snacks. The peanut butter brown bag lunches were greatly appreciated, and the group was able to spend time visiting with some of the individuals to hear their stories and offer encouragement. These lunches were delivered, and the team broke into small groups and walked around the Cascade neighborhood, offering sack lunches and quotes of encouragement and hope to those living on the street until all were delivered. Providence St. Vincent in West Seattle is a long-term care ministry, and the residents made 25 or 30 lunches once a month for the clients of the Seattle's Union Gospel Mission. It was the idea of one of the residents who had volunteered making lunches for the homeless before he came to the Mount. After moving in there, he asked, why does it need to stop? Residents can experience such a sense of loss when they are moving into a nursing home, including the ability to give and serve. They just love this opportunity to make a difference. And several years ago, the Sisters of Providence and the children from the Mount's Intergenerational Learning Center joined in the sandwich-making opportunity. St. Joseph Health has held an annual day of service for the last five years. This year, they are adapting to the signs of the times during the global pandemic and serving their dear neighbor in new ways. Needs are as great as ever, and we have added options for dropping off supplies and making monetary donations to various sites. Like the founding sisters did 370 years ago in La Poix, France, they are adapting to today's times and going into the neighborhoods to help to serve. Our PACE program in Oregon just completed a fund drive contributing over $5,000 to a local food bank. And the response to the fires recently in Oregon was an amazing example of communities as people from throughout Providence responded to provide support for the many caregivers who were personally evacuated or lost their homes. Teams came together to help with the evacuation of residents from Benedictine Care Center and offered support until they could be safely returned home. In Medford, the teams responded to ensure patients were well cared for while navigating the complexity of dueling fires, evacuation routes, and the loss of their own homes. Throughout it all, chaplains from across home and community care and the Oregon region placed calls to convey the support and allow people to share their story. Wow, what amazing stories. Thank you, Roseanne, for sharing all the wonderful things our caregivers are doing. And as you can see, Emily's legacy has inspired us to continue reaching out to those in need. These are just a few examples of the many ways our caregivers have responded to our community. 
We have the gift of service every day in our direct care ministries, living examples of sharing and caring for our dear neighbors. Emily's life is a record of one who achieves success in the face of un of seemingly insurmountable obstacles. She rose from the depths of her suffering to turn to our mother of sorrows for comfort and courage. She was inspired to minister to the weaker member, the poor, the orphan, the sick, the aged, the deaf, the mentally ill. And when she died in 1851, after a decade of labor under fire and plague during the Civil War and misunderstanding, her community had grown from seven to 49 sisters, and the religious community flourished afterwards, and they have served throughout the world. Such has been the outcome of a spirit which began with the disbursement of alms and food from her own kitchen, her first work as a hostess at the Table of the King. In the book, Table of the King, Archbishop of Seattle, Thomas Connolly, wrote the foreword which included some of his reflections on the life of Emily Gamelin, and I'd like to share a few of them. Emily's life clearly transcended the normal average of human influence from which we can learn the true lessons of life. God's work are frequently manifested by the seeming inability of the instruments used, simply mask her greatness of soul, her foresight, and her courage. There is light and shadow in Emily Gamelin's life. Bright lights and dark shadows, joy and sorrow, work and hardship, patience and toil, prayer, tireless prayer, and love. A great love that is wrapped up in a supreme confidence and an abiding trust in providence. For in the loss of self, in the exhaustion of our energies, there is complete fulfillment. So what does Emily's life tell us? Well, it speaks of a God who strengthens a person to do more than they ever thought possible. At the heart of her spirituality was the abandonment to the providence of God. She had a tremendous devotion to the mother of sorrows, and through these means she found the strength to go on, and she did go on. Every year we remember her as the woman whose life reveals the provident God and who continues to call the weary and the burdened to himself. His strength transformed by a woman whose sorrows were many and deep, but who could say at the end of her life, love, charity, in a word, summed up that life. Her life mirrors the providence of God. Sister Barbara Schamber, a sister of providence, shares the following in the Providence Heritage video, and we respond. Emily was a laywoman who did all these things. She was only a sister of Providence for seven years. This is a legacy she leaves all of the lay people in Providence who continue the mission. And finally, following the telling of the story of Emily during a feast day mass in her honor, a Jesuit priest who presided looked over the people of Providence in attendance and concluded his homily with these words. This is your heritage. This is your legacy. And now, this is your call. I do believe Emily would be inspired by how we, the people of Providence, have responded to that call. As we pause together, when we consider our contemporary time, we'd like to leave you with a question to ponder. Who is at your table, and who else could you include? 
Some might wonder why do we tell these stories every year. I think we all know the power of storytelling, both personally in the stories of our families, and most certainly for religious communities of the Sisters of Providence and Sisters of St. Joseph of Orange, from which many ministries were established. In the hopes and aspirations for Providence Ministries document, the Sisters of Providence wrote the following. We hope you will also continue to embrace and tell the stories of those who have gone before us. Women like Blessed Emily Gamlin, Mother Joseph, Mother Bernarda, Venerable Mary Potter, and those other religious women, as well as lay men and women who have inspired us and on whose shoulders we stand. These are our ancestors. Honor them and let others know them so they too can draw inspiration from their lives. In your own time, celebrate the living legacy of Providence as lived among your colleagues. In this way, Providence lives faithfully. I hope you feel we have done so today. These words from the Sisters of Providence, hopes and aspirations are certainly reflective of the Sisters of St. Joseph and their shared desire for us to carry on their legacy. We have so many examples of outreach to our community across our ministry. Every day we see heroic examples of service inside of our ministries to meet clinical, social, and spiritual needs of our patients, participants, and community members. We have such a wonderful legacy built on the heritage of the Sisters of Providence and the Sisters of St. Joseph. As we remember Blessed Emily Gamlin today, we lift up all of our founders in prayer and thanksgiving for their influence on our life. Let us pray. Creator God, we thank you for this day. May our work together bless you. Thank you for the talent and wisdom that you have given to each one of us to share with one another for the common good. Let our work of Providence always be your work. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen.